It's been seven years, seven hundred shows, seven cats, seven seas, seven dwarfs, seven brides for seven brothers, magnificent seven, seven days of creation, the neutral pH of seven, dial seven to call Russia, we might as well call him 007. Podcasts walk into a bar. One of the long-running podcasts goes straight up to the bar counter and says hello. Uh, welcome to episode 700. And the man behind the bar says, I beg your pardon, sir. And the uh, long-running podcast says, welcome to episode 700 as we kick off our, oh, as we kick off our eighth year on the internet with show 700 after a brief summer interlude uh, during which Ireland experienced an unexpected heat well maybe it was expected I don't know I don't go watching the weather on the television every night like some sort of a freak so it was unexpected to me uh, turned up a couple of weeks ago sun was splitting the rocks uh, the student here head uh, studio headquarters in central Ireland was too hot to sit in uh, never mind stand uh, we've expert anyway a point of your finest Guinness please and the man behind the bar says uh, why didn't you just say that in the first place and the long run podcast says because uh, you have to have a beginning and a middle and an end to these things you can't just launch straight into the middle of it because uh, that's not a launch at all that's a uh, that's like uh, that's like uh, having lunch and calling it brunch and saying oh uh, let's just skip breakfast and move straight on to lunch even though it's not lunch time yet and we'll call it brunch and uh, oh no, no. <coughs> you can't be doing that sort of crap uh, not after 700 episodes you need to be more organised than that. You need to have a format going. And the man behind the bar says... <clears throat> I still don't know what you're talking about and you still still seem to be choking to death on your first uh, glug of energy drinking over two weeks. That's a bit worrying. And the long-running podcast says, ah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It just went down the wrong way. I'll cover up as we go along. Uh, there might be some taurine in my lung for the rest of my life, but we'll survive. It's happened before. There's probably uh, stuff down there from many years ago. Uh, yesterday about how uh, if you eat a bit of chewing gum it could be still digesting there several years later how uh, we probably all we're probably all loaded up on bubble gum that we sucked down when we were 12 years of age and it's still i never figured out how to blow a bubble although i did uh, swallow some bubble gum uh, not realizing on first go that you weren't supposed to uh, didn't do me any harm as far as i know and the man behind the bar says point the guinness is it and the long running podcast says indeed it is well i suppose that remains to be confirmed haven't seen it yet uh, but i trust you you're a trained barman you've got the guinness logo up behind you so i assume you're being uh, you've been uh, approved by the uh, approved by the arthur guinness uh, company uh, of ireland limit or wherever it's from now it's probably owned by uh, some company from pluho now i believe it is or i believe it was brought over it was uh, brought up by some international conglomerate 
was a long time since any member of the Guinness family was sitting there in the head office, uh, in the in the Guinness equivalent of the Oval Office, uh, doing whatever you do in the Oval Office. Uh, anyway, uh, yes, point to your finest Guinness, please. And the man behind the bar says, okay, okay, calm down, take a chill pill. And the man says, well, the long-running podcast says, I'm not allowed to take chill pills. Uh, you can't import those things into Ireland. That's why I'm resorting to alcohol instead. Uh, point of your finest Guinness to uh, settle me down and relax me. That's probably not a good sign if I'm having to drink a pint of alcohol to relax me. Although it's not really a pint of alcohol. So I think you'll find there's about 4% of that is alcohol. Uh, 4% proof, as they call it. Never knew what that meant. I'd probably look it up easily in an internet search and find out what's the difference between 4% proof and the other uh, type of percentage that they put that isn't proof. I don't know. And the man behind the bar says, I could probably explain that to you if I could remember all the stuff that I crammed the night before my bar exam, but I can't. And the long-running podcast says, oh, a bar exam. I always thought the bar exam was the thing that barristers did before they got called up to the bar, the legal bar council, whatever you call it. Uh, well, you're saying it's for a barmen, is it? And the man behind the bar says, no, no, no. A bar exam is for barmen and women of all shapes and sizes. They don't discriminate on grounds of sex. Uh, they don't discriminate on grounds like that. And I'm sure uh, if we wanted to, we could go and go for the bar as well, but that would be a whole separate uh, part of our education. I suppose you could do your legal uh, your legal studies in the daytime and go to a bartending course at night but no, those would be two completely separate things and I realise now I've probably caused confusion by saying I did my bar exam, as you call it something else, but I think you'll find that bars have been around just as long as the legal system and we're no less entitled to use that word than the other people are going to have to do that thing that the wrestlers did where they changed it from World uh, Wrestling Federation to World Wrestling Entertainment to avoid confusion with the people who saved the animals, Christ. And uh, the long-running podcast says, how are we going with that Guinness there? And the man behind the bar says, oh, nearly done. Uh, nearly done and the long running podcast says that's great it's time we're nearly time to get on with the show then I suppose I should say hello and welcome to show 700 is the absolutely fucking fantastic and the man behind the bar says it is indeed uh, welcome back and many congratulations I've always been a great believer in the dictum quad ete arachnophobia which, as you're no doubt fully aware, means whatever will be, uh, will turn out to be, uh, your, ah, whatever will be, will turn out to be, uh, where does it go after that? Ah, goes wherever your imagination takes you. Have a bit of imagination left in you. These aren't directly, uh, these aren't direct translations from the, uh, from the Latin anyway. These are all just vagities. Vagities on which to base your entire life. Uh, your whole life is based on the question anyway. We don't know who we are or what we are or where we are. So you might as well base everything we do on vagities, on uncertainties and, uh, uh, lumps of Latin strung
strung together like meaningless bits of uh, bits of crap strung together on a washing line basically although uh, don't get too uh, cynical about bits of crap stung to, stuck together on the washing line because we wouldn't even have electronic communications had the fellow who invented the predecessor to the telephone not been playing around with her washing line and put the uh, put her tin can at either end and spoke into one end and heard his cat meowing at the other end and he thought Christ uh, if only there were some way I could talk to someone through a cable and then he said oh wait a minute I am talking to someone through a cable it's just that it's a cat so it's a bit of a one-sided conversation uh, well uh, wouldn't be if I was Dr. Doolittle although they say that about Dr. Doolittle they say he could talk to the animals uh, but what they don't mention is that the animals couldn't understand the fucking word he was saying and he couldn't understand the word they were saying I can talk to my cat all day it doesn't mean we're getting anything done. Uh, you see, these people having their uh, EU Commission talks, they get all the heads of state together and they'll sit in a big hall and talk for three days about the budget. And then you realise nobody has a clue what anyone's saying. They've all got earplugs jammed into their lungs. They're supposedly listening to a translator. Well, the translator is just saying, I don't know what this fella's saying. He's talking some foreign language that I don't understand. Uh, just because you put the name translator on me that that doesn't mean anything especially since we're from a non-english speaking country uh trans although translator is probably from the french uh, those words like that usually are they're usually uh, an english word that's being derived from the french uh translations probably the original of it hello uh to i am a translation uh from france's i come all the way from france to your country i bring my translation what kind of translation equipment would you need well, you need some headphones for a start so you can listen to the fellow who's talking you need a microphone that you could uh, quietly and discreetly talk your translation into for the other people to hear and be sure not to say it so loud that it drowns out the person who's speaking and therein lies the problem because you have to say it so quietly that the people who need to hear the translation can't hear you because uh, you're afraid because if you talk over the person who you're translating then you won't be able to hear them how are you going to translate something that you can't hear because you're talking over it? Uh, no, no, no. That's why uh, deaf people have their voice. They have their silent sign language. So there's no fear that they'll drown the person out who's actually talking out loud. Uh, they do their little surreptitious signaling. They say, here's what this fella's saying now. Look at my hands and I'll do a signal with it. He's saying this now. Here's what he's saying. He's saying this. Uh, you can just barely hear my sign language here because I'm doing it right in front of the microphone and kind of exaggerating the noise uh, in the real world it's a lot quieter than this I've worked for people who use sign language as a very quiet and modest way of communication and I approve of it immensely uh, blind people of course completely different they have to shout their heads off to be heard because they can't oh they can't do signals they can't give you their two fingers so they have to make up for it by being loud and obnoxious and uh, not that being loud automatically makes you obnoxious but it's very hard for it not to uh, seem that way you can be obnoxious as be damned and people will say oh uh, if you're doing it in sign language you can be obnoxious as you like and no one has a fucking clue what you're saying uh, but if you're doing it out loud and you're saying oh look at me uh, I'm communicating through the through the medium of noise I say that fella he's obsessed with making noise
or he's obsessed with. Uh, it's like he's got a he's got he's compensating for something. That's what they like to say about it. Anyone who's good at anything or has something that's good, they'll say, oh, he's compensating for something else about him that's bad. Uh, that fella's going around. Uh, that Mother Teresa one, she's compensating for the fact that she's as ugly as be damned. Uh, well, uh, what you doing now to compensate for the fact that she's dead? Very little, I think you'll find. Although we'll see about that now. If she qualifies as a saint, that would imply that she's doing something while she's dead. She's uh, doing uh, enabling miracles to happen. Uh, I suppose she's an enabler, really. She's enabling these people with their blind beliefs in in uh, miracles. Uh, she's enabling them by uh, making them come true. Now. Uh, I know what you're thinking there. You're thinking, he doesn't sound like he's had any coffee today. Uh, well, that's very astute of you. That's very astute of you. Uh, even though you're, these fictional thoughts that you're having are actually coming out of my mind. But no, no, a very astute nonetheless for the fictional you to do all that. Uh, no, I haven't had any coffee today. I wasn't planning on recording. I was just planning on... Ah, I was just planning on getting ready for coming back to recording. I was well, not that that's anything involved. I think I realised then that there isn't any preparation involved, so I might as well just get stuck in. And before I know it, uh, I've had one sip of energy drink, uh, which doesn't count uh, in the scheme of things. And a sip of energy drink is like a, uh, oh, it's like a drop in the world's oceans uh, when you, oh, when you look at the world's oceans in terms of the universe. Now, uh, there may not be any other oceans in the universe, in which case a drop, a drop drop in the world's oceans is the same as a drop in the universe's oceans, uh, which makes it more significant than uh, you might think, but still nonetheless quite insignificant. Uh, well, you'd be largely right about that, uh, but technically I'm on my holidays at the moment. I just I just posted the comeback date. I said, oh, I put on the social networks. Into your head will be back on the 29th of July. Uh, it's only the 23rd now. I'm on my holidays. I can take it easy. Uh, this doesn't have to be any good, uh, I suppose. Uh, I'll need to eventually turn it into something good uh, in time for July 29th. Uh, well, leave that to me. Leave that. Don't you be worrying about that. That's for me to worry. If you have to do all the production uh, stuff here or worry about it, then you might as well be working in here on the podcast, uh, making a bit of money for yourself. Uh, but no, uh, this isn't a freaking power sharing, profit sharing. Uh, organization so go just go back to being a listener you know not a freaking shareholder in this you know uh, no no and uh, that was water in case you you probably are you're wondering that's water why isn't he drinking energy drink uh it's a bit late in the day for that but i'll have another sip uh, it'll keep you happy uh let's call let's call it compromise Well, they're happy now. Yeah, controlling, uh, controlling what I put into my body uh, during my podcast holiday. I'm not even supposed to be here. Uh, just came in here to do uh, to tidy up some loose ends. Uh, no, no. 
It's like when you drop into your office during your holidays to, uh, to make a photocopy copy of your cat that you have drawn for your kid. You want to make a, uh, this was you could do this back. I remember back in the eighties, my father brought me down to the bank where he worked after hours. Where he went down to check that everything was okay, and he said, uh, "Draw a pic, draw a picture of the cat, and I'll photocopy it for you." In a difference, I was amazed. I thought, Christ, he's made a copy of this cat in a different color and. A different size and he's handed it to me as uh, so like a freaking miracle it's like a freaking his mother i probably hadn't heard of mother, mother Teresa by then i'd heard of the pope i'd heard of then pope john paul ii because uh, he had recently before that come to ireland on a visit he'd come round in his pope mobile and people had gathered in my house because he had the color television they gathered to watch him doing mass to a third of the population oh they all turned up with their sandwiches and their uh their pope memorabilia they said oh the Pope's here he's going to do a mass in the park in the middle of Dublin uh, up near the zoo and he went to a big, a big city park that's just a couple of miles from the city centre and it has a zoo in it I don't think he went into the zoo and I can't be sure of that uh, well I could probably look up the details there's probably great coverage on the internet of it uh, it doesn't really matter probably the man's dead now he's buried two Popes deep in the park although they didn't buried the last one yet because he's not dead uh, the last pope uh, he retired but he's not dead so they haven't buried him yet so the pope from two popes back has only buried one pope deep in history uh, oh, I suppose uh, his people the last fella's people see is a matter of history now but he's not history he's still alive so they haven't bur- uh, they don't bury them like that anyway one under the, the other I was talking metaphorically in history uh, buried two popes deep in history has talking about uh, seems like a lot less long ago than that although two popes ago isn't a isn't a measurement of time because a people see can be oh it can be a day long or it can be a thousand years long or however long they live how long does a pope live i don't know the last one i've only seen one pope die ever and he was in his 80s uh, the last fella's still alive uh, he's living out his retirement in some and uh, some house now, and a new fella. Ah, he's just barely start. He's just barely getting started. He's doing confessions on Twitter now. Apparently, uh, I can do confessions on Twitter if you want. You want the people, uh, people absolution from me? It's not work. The paper it's printed on. Uh, well, it won't be printing it. It'll be an electronic thing. You can print it out if you want. I'll say I hereby grant you a fake people absolution for the following. Well, of course, I'll have to have a look at the sins because I'll have to see if it matches my morality. I have a bit, I have more morality than the Pope. I'm not going to just forgive you for any old crap. If you come along to me and say, for example, oh, I murdered a cat in front of Pope John Paul II in the Phoenix Park, well, there's more behind him than in front of me. That's why he got away with it. I was kind of behind the stage and he had got out a cat and murdered it in full view of uh, some drunken kids who were sitting there and they were thinking, why would they let drunken kids sit in front of the Pope? Well, so that he could talk to them. There's no point in just preaching to the converted. He came along here, he made a famous speech. He said, young people of Ireland, I love you. And then they all put down their beer. They put down their cider bottle or two litre bottles of 
Uh, well, it wasn't Tesco then, it was Quinsworth Yellow Pack Cider. They put those down and they said, oh, this Pope fella, he seems to be uh, preaching to us now, not just to the converted. Maybe he's trying to convert us. Do you think he's trying to convert us? And they said, uh, we'd probably be a lot, this would probably be a lot more convincing if we were on mushrooms rather than uh, uh, Quinsworth uh, Supermarket own brand cider. And some other fella says, that's probably true. That's probably true. And a great night is had by all. Matchstick cats. Matchstick cats. Matchstick cats. Matchstick cats and stuff. Are you a cat? Or do you know somebody who might be? Then tell yourself about Matchstick Cats. Neil's webcomic. Brand new episodes at IntoYourHead.com. The Into Your Head podcast will be right back after this. We're back with the Into Your Head podcast. Two cats walk into a bar. One of the cats goes straight up to the bar counter and says, Hello, can I have a pint of your finest Guinness, please? And the man behind the bar says, Oh, that's original. That's original. And the cat says, What the fuck? Am I supposed to be supposed to have a are we supposed to have a bespoke order every time? I'm sure I can do that if you like. If you think you can keep up with my bespoke orders, I'll be happy to do that. I'll have a Guinness Coca-Cola uh rare uh, prawn from the Far East. Uh, from a lake in the far east somewhere uh, mixed with the brains of uh, the Loch Ness Monster cocktail please and make it snappy and the man behind the bar says certainly sir and immediately starts to pull the Guinness and the man the cat says I may be a cat in fact there's a good possibility in fact I'm quite clear that I am a cat Uh, but nonetheless that doesn't mean you can pull the wool over my eyes Uh, in fact uh, if I was a sheep that would probably be more easy to do can you pull the sheep over there's a question for you can you pull the sheep over the wool over a sheep's eyes uh, is there enough of it around its eyes for you to well you could probably drag strands of it down like you would with an eyebrow if you tugged on your eyebrow you could probably uh, drag it down over your eye uh, but would that make it a permanent well I suppose you don't uh, pull the wool permanently over someone's eyes normally you wouldn't want that uh, if you did you'd have to sew it down and then after a while I can tell you people will start becoming suspicious they'd go up to that person and they say there seems to be wool sewed over your eyes uh, I think someone's out to get you uh, not to make you paranoid or anything but it looks to me like someone's been doing something to you and you'll say I'm beginning to think so myself I can't seem to see because there's wool dragged over my eyes and uh, now I realize I've caused this effect a few times by tugging on my eyelashes for fun uh, but usually it springs back uh, almost immediately no this seems to be permanently pulled over my eyes and it's wool which is a bit odd because I'm pretty sure there's no wool growing on me uh, so it's artificial wool extension not even extensions because it's not like a hair extension where you're extending your hair there's no wool there in the first place so it's an artificial wool implant uh, which isn't even going to take root although do hair implants take there's a question for you do hair imp- they probably do take root uh, hair extensions don't because you're just extending a bit of hair you're basically gluing it onto the end and pretending that it's hair uh, with a hair implant I think is a different thing they jam it right into your scalp and hope that it'll grow a bit like when you transplant weeds when you're weeding your garden and you don't like 
like to kill weeds, but he'd like to get them out of places where they're not wanted, uh, which is what makes them a weed. It's just a thing that's growing where it's not wanted. So if you uh, if you transplant the weed to somewhere where you're happy for it to grow, then it immediately stops being a weed. It starts being whatever the Latin name for that particular plant is that's, that you're calling a weed. And you put it somewhere else and you say, oh, it's not a weed anymore. It's a transplanto arachnifamping, uh, something I used to watch Gardener's World with my father years ago. They gave out the Latin names of all these plants. Oh, it was a BBC Two programme. It's all upmarket. They said, I'm going to grow some of these. Now, this is uh, called uh, uh, this is called the Bluebell, and its Latin name is Blubanca Punctitica. They put the Latin name up on the screen in italics. And all the all the old fashioned people from back before Vatican II would take the Latin names, and all the modern gardeners would take the. No, that's not right, Vatican. Vatican II was a thing where they did a review of the mass. And they said, oh, we're going to try a new novelty thing where we start doing stuff in English so people can understand it. And there was outrage. was considered very controversial. There was a Pope in the 60s or 70s. He says, we're going to try not doing everything in Latin and having songs that people can understand. We're going to try doing stuff in a way that the people who are attending the Mass can understand what the fucking hell it's about. <laughs> I realise this is going to be controversial, but if you think that's bad, you wait what's go wait and see what's going to come out about what we're doing secretly at the moment. Well, you'll find out about that in a few decades. Uh, no, no, I'll tell you, you'll be <coughs> you'll be longing for the days when. Uh, when uh, your biggest problem was what which ancient language you had to listen to us talking in. And of course he'd be saying all this in Hebrew or something, so no one had the fucking clue what he was talking about. That's the only, ironically, the only way that Pope was able to push through his reformations and get the Mass translated into English was by uh, voicing his proposals in another language that no one could understand, not even the proponents of Latin. That's how he got it through. Uh, now, of course, that's made up. It might as well be. Everything's made up in this world. Everything in this world is a fiction, a fiction, a figment of our imaginations. Everything you look at, uh, you're looking up at a blue sky now. That blue's not there at all. Your mind made that. Your optical nerve sent the thing along to your brain and said, uh, this is blue. Uh, put in whatever you've got for blue there in your virtual paint bank. And your brain doesn't see colours. It just sees, a, it just looks at its paint tank and sees, oh, uh, this little booklet here has a B on it. I know what a B is because I've got a language part of my brain. Uh, B for blue, so I'll assume that's what blue looks like. And it takes out a bit of a blob of the stuff that's labelled B for blue. And it paints that onto the uh, image in your mind. And your mind thinks, oh, that's what it is. It's blue. It's blue as be damned. As blue as the day I was born. Uh, before I started breathing anyway. As blue as the... Oh, as blue as the uh, stuff that they put into food uh, to make it look unnatural as blue as the oh as blue as the plasters that you, that you put on you when you cut your finger when you're working in a delicatessen you put on a blue plaster in case it drops into people's food and people will say oh I can see that's not meant to be there because it's blue uh, blue doesn't occur naturally in the food world but of course that's becoming a problem now because they're bringing out blue foods they're bringing out blue Mr. Freezes uh, blue vodka 
vodka uh, drink mixes. Uh, they're bringing out, oh, what else is there that's blue? I'm sure there's other things. Is there, was that biscuiting? Had black biscuiting probably has a blue version as well. You know, that American biscuit sandwichy thing. Uh, what's it called? Uh, I forget the name of it. That's probably got a blue version. I'm sure there's all sorts of blue things now. Uh, I can't name any yet though. Why well, just did I named Blue Mr. Freeze? Has probably a blue M&M as well, is there? Wouldn't be wouldn't surprise me for one moment if there's a blue M&M. They probably set up a special marketing campaign around it. They said, oh, we're putting some blue M&Ms in. And then there was outrage because they reduced the number of red ones by 80% to temporarily make room for the blue ones. And people said, this is a fucking disgrace. A fucking disgrace. The rip-off. Uh, I expect a certain percentage of each colour of M&M. And they're changing it. This is a gimmick. It's just a gimmick. It's just a gimmick. How can't we go back to the old days when they had rhyme and reason behind their colours? Uh, but no, no. They're just, uh, they're just throwing in random colours just for marketing gimmicks instead of having natural uh, M&M. In the natural world. In the natural world of M&M type confectionery, you'd expect a... Oh, you'd expect a random assortment of colours. If M&Ms were growing in the wild, that's what you'd expect. Uh, but no... Uh, they want to control everything and measure everything and use everything as a fucking gimmick. And it's absolutely gone too far. Uh, they're trying to pull the wool over all our eyes and we're allowing it. Only because we don't know what's happening. We're not uh, consciously allowing it. We're not even subconsciously allowing it. We're just accidentally facilitating it. Uh, which isn't the same as allowing it now that I think about it. Uh, but how can I think about something if I'm not even aware it's happening? And that's it. That's what... That's that's how they know. That's uh, that's our downfall, and that's how they get you. I can tell you that they're they're not allowed to do subliminal advertising anymore because it's illegal. But they do that instead. And tell you, a couple of years from now we'll all be dead, and then I can tell you we'll be sorry. We'll be sorry we didn't we didn't listen to the fellow who wrote Fast Food Nation, and the fellow who did that thing. Oh, you know, your man who did that movie, uh, Super Size Me, where he crammed, oh, he crammed chips and burgers and soft drinks down his neck for a couple of months to see if he'd die. And he didn't die, uh, but we all knew he wouldn't die. Uh, but he came pretty close to being down well done well. We even saw him puking. Uh, we saw him puking, and then we realised, oh, this stuff makes you puke. That can't be good. Uh, food that makes you puke can't be good for you. Uh, but of course, uh, then they say, oh, that's just just a bulimic to puke. Everyone else is fine. When was the last time you puked in a fast food outlet? Uh, well, if I remember rightly, I think it was around 15 years ago. I don't think I puked in the actual outlet. I think it was about 10 minutes after I left. And uh, that was probably to do with all the beer I'd been drinking before. But if you're going to put a fast food outlet beside a pub and have her open late at night, that's to be expected. Uh, well, I didn't put it there though, so I didn't expect it. Uh, I'm not a member of the fast food industry. I'm just a customer. They're the experts, not me. If I go along to a business, I expect the people doing the business to be the experts and they need to advise me on elements of their industry in which I would not be an expert. They need to tell me, uh, you've had 10 points of Guinness and you're going to eat this crap now. Uh, you might puke, uh, just so you know. You probably know that already. You're blind drunk, so you're prepared to take the risk. There's any risk involved in puking as long as you don't choke on 
on it. Uh, no, no, it's fine to puke. Uh, puking is not a bad thing. It's letting the hole out. It says, uh, if someone came up to you and said you have to juice for a month and crop out everything, you'd say, oh, that sounds like a lot of work, but it sounds like you'd feel great after it, and it sounds like it'd be very good for your system. But though if the same people came up and said you have to eat crap for a month, so you puke your guts out and clean out your system, same way you clean out your colon by cropping, you clean out your stomach by puking everything up for a month, uh, you'd be, I can tell you, you'd have questions about that, I can tell you, you wouldn't race headlong into it, and that's because you're not an expert, and they are. Sometimes you have to listen to the experts, uh, not just, uh, just because you don't know how something works doesn't mean you should question it, just let the experts do their thing, and you just listen to them and have a bit of humility for half a minute. Uh, anyway, show 700, thank you very much, good morning. Into your head!